In a dungeon in the ground there lived two nerds. Josh Karam. And Aaron Thompson. Not a nasty, dirty, wet dungeon filled with the ends of worms and an oozy smell, nor yet a dry, bare, sandy dungeon with nothing in it to sit down on or to eat. It was a nerd dungeon, and that means dragons. out of that tab then. great yeah yeah get rid of that hobbit stuff i mean dungeon yeah. gatherer stuff yeah exactly i'm here to talk about magic not about hobbits they don't exist in D anyway Nah, they're halflings they literally refer to themselves as halflings like in the movie yeah and i always thought like that there's then are there different versions of hobbits in other places of the lord of the rings universe no, not that I know of, because like everywhere that they go, I'm currently reading the two towers right now. Um, everywhere that they go, people are like, "What the fuck is this thing?" When every time they see like a hobbit, they're like, "We're halflings, Shire folk," huh. and everyone is just confused. I think other people tend to call them halflings because they're so little. Oh, right? okay, yeah. But because they're like half a person in size, not in you know being in value and worth. <laughs> But a hobbit could do many things. They could sneak around and uh, steal things from dragons. Well, and they get to re-roll their ones. That's true. A little lucky. And lucky enough, you guys are all tuning in to the Dungeons & Gatherers podcast. <laughs> Man, we really buried the lead on that one. It's natural. You know what I mean? This is a natural kind of Dungeons & Gatherers podcast. It's very podcast. organic. We're two nerds, and we're talking about Magic the Gathering today. And we talked about call time and our first impressions. But now it's time for the lore. Right. Yeah, yeah. We have the whole story now. Actually, um, the paper version just dropped not too long ago depending on when you're listening to this episode. So, but I've been studying up on the Magic the Gathering website, and Josh has been too, and we are excited to talk to you about a couple tidbits from the Magic story, as well as an update on all the cool things we thought when we played the game, versus like now that we've been sitting with it for a while. So now, we're going to foretell a story. Well, it was foretold, now we're telling the story. We already yeah, paid the two mana. Yeah, it was now we are telling. Now we're going to boast about the stories that we have heard. Oh, there we go. <laughs> two mechanics, got it in. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, Aaron, Uh-oh. being the lore master, start us on our journey. All right. Boast about it, if you will. <laughs> I Let me tell you, everybody gather around, because I have a tale to tell. So, our story begins with Kaya, who has been sent on one of her first planeswalking jobs by a mysterious benefactor. Right, to go monster hunting on the frigid plain of Kaldheim. So it's pretty neat. She shows up just like with Inga Runeyes, one of my faves, um, just hanging out immediately in like the first chapter. And they're sent to f- fight what's basically like sort of like a shapeshifter, I think. Yeah. Some yeah. kind of like weird bear monstrosity thing. But it's not like it's not like a lit jar of shapeshifter that we'll find out about later. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole other creature, which actually, like, is from Phyrexia, but we're not going to talk about that yet. <laughs> it's a whole thing. <laughs> I'm just going to say I called it. That's all. There we go. Aaron Aaron is in the MTG universe right there. I, too, am Inga Runeyes. Yes. <laughs> awesome that Inga's just there from the top. Like, go, mm-hmm. Inga. I was like, that's my girl. What's up? There she is. She's scrying those cards, and she'll mm-hmm. draw three if she can. And she's actually traveling with... um. 
you know, a pretty important fella. Oh, definitely. Old man number one. Yes, old man number one, who turns out what? To be all ruin. <gasps> you mean the god of the cosmos himself? I do. We meet the gods immediately. I find it funny that, like, because this is all based on North mythology, the second they said, an old man with one eye, it's like, oh, mm -hmm. okay, okay, Odin. You're like, sure. oh, god. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, sure, keep calling him old man. We'll get there. We'll get there. Eventually, he'll reveal himself. You just gotta, mm -hmm. you gotta read a couple paragraphs, and then he gets around right. to it. Right, but it's cool, you know? They really didn't mess around when they say, this is a plane where the gods literally could be, like, standing right next to you, and, like, there they are. Oh, definitely. Immediately. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of Allruined. I love his uh, his looks on wisdom and such. Mm -hmm. And he is almost, if you're playing a D&D campaign, he is that friendly old man who gives you a sword and the wisdom you He's need. He's such a Gandalf character. Yeah. <laughs> Only Kaya didn't get Sting or a ring out of it, so no. that's kind of... No, she gets her magic weapons later. Yes. She gets beaten around a lot, so maybe that stung. Oh, you know? clever. Very clever. That could be it. <laughs> Either way, she's um a little bit outclassed by this Vorinclex monstrous raider. Alruin sort of shows his face, and then he pieces out basically through this like weird kind of flesh metal, which is, um you know, pretty pretty Phyrexian, if you ask it's me. Pretty metal, too, if you <laughs> call pretty, time being the most metal Pretty metal. metal. Yeah, exactly. I just want to also point out Vorinclex, its alternative artwork is just very horrifying oh, so eating cool. at flesh oh yeah horrifying that's what i meant well the cool one is the one where they take out all the text and you're played with replace it with runic writing which i think that's cool eating people i don't think is as cool no not as cool <laughs> but and then from there kaya's sort of on a monster hunt right she gets sent across kosama's boat runs into another one of the gods yes sort of what, what sort of what do you mean <laughs> not everyone is who they say they are these days interesting are you telling me there's something wrong with the loki character of this world i almost might say that the trickster has been tricked <gasps> which i wish they would go into greater detail about how because like i just i want to know <laughs> in the reading it's very that seems brief. like such a fun thing yeah tybalt's all like ha 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 i out tricked the trickster i'm like man what an interesting story this could have been because tybalt the cosmic imposter who who mm -hmm. is revealed to be disguising himself as valky is like i'm gonna trick valky and then the next line is immediately valky is in shackles and then frozen and it's like oh that's all it, it was that easy for uh tybalt so that's a little upsetting but kaya sees through it pretty easily oh yes she's heard of tybalt as many have yes because they're both from ravnica sort of from from is a weird kind of they both were there during the war of the spark we know the history of tybalt too where he jumps from plane to plane because a lot of people hear of his name and then he is not welcomed anywhere within mm -hmm. that area <laughs> right yeah he um he much like Many other Rakdos-flavored cards just likes to sow chaos and then just, like, leave. You know, it's interesting that, because I just want to say to the card arts point, that they say Tybalt uh, freezes um, Valky in ice. Yeah, in Karfar, or whatever it's yeah, called. Yeah, with uh, the uh, the Witch King, a.k.a. Uh, Lord of the Rings Witch King. Um, oh, or I thought you meant about, like, the, yeah, the Nightwalker Witch King. I just, with the card art, the two different card arts for uh, Narfi... One is like, you know, the human form, and then the other one looks very uh, Lord of the Rings, Witch Kingy. But it is also very Nightwalker, uh, the Night King. Or White Walker. Sorry, I said Nightwalker. What's wrong with you? Silly me. But the, what I was getting to was the Valky, one of the artworks for it. It's interesting because it's Tybalt with a dagger 
and then just Valky tied up to a pole with uh, stab yeah. wounds in his chest. So like it's that easy. Again, the process. It would be nice to have heard the entire thing. Like how? to get to see it all. Yeah, because he's a god, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. I thought it was interesting, though. It's like the gods. Um, this is jumping ahead a bit, right? But when you're talking about Starnheim, which like in German literally means the home of the stars, basically, if you switch the, the, the A for an E, then you definitely get it. Oh, huh, interesting. But um, they have 12 longboats there for each of the gods. The gods also have to earn their place there. And it makes you think like at some point they all will die, especially when you look at the prologue <gasps> at the end. So because as it turns out, the gods are only immortal and have their powers because they drink a potion made by Kosifa from the sap of the world tree. Which also, like, as I read it, I understood more and more. But I was looking at all of these, like, the lands that are, like, like the Notvold lands, the Skemfar ones, whatever, that all have these, like, twisted roots through them, like, in the air. I was like, what's this about? And it's literally, like, it's the literal tree. Like, the world tree goes through all of the realms. And I thought that was really cool. Because at first I thought it was just like a metaphor. You know, and you're right, because the card arts itself, these gods aren't indestructible creatures. And there's also certain cards that can become gods. So mm-hmm. maybe maybe it isn't as crazy to think that Tybalt was able to, within a sentence, capture and freeze Valky. Right. When it comes to Chapter 5, right, in the Battle of Kaldheim, yeah. you just have Halvar just, like, hanging out on a bridge. Like, ostensibly, he's going to try and fight every single Draugr that comes at him. And, like, there's a there's a timeline where, like, he loses and dies. Yeah. You know? But I'm jumping ahead a little bit. Because yeah, sorry. We can't, I will not allow us to trample over the introduction to my favorite planeswalker. <laughs> so Tibble, knowing that his ruse is up, leads Kaya astray into a field full of Torga trolls, which are, like, huge. Like, they sleep as part of, like, the landscape. It's a very much like in Detective Pikachu. When all of the Torterra wake up. Yeah. <laughs> That's like exactly what I thought. And who comes to your aid but the hunkiest elf <gasps> you have ever seen. My mom. Wow. Tyvar Kell. Yes. And they make a point to say too that's like he looks very different than all other elves that we have seen so far. I'd say best, besides Tybalt maybe, um, mm, best single we'll side see. planeswalker out of all the ones that came out, I think. I'm saying Is it. that the only way you can get away with not saying he is the best planeswalker besides Tybalt? All right, Ma- Magic Community, I'm just going to say it out here. I think Tybalt's a little too expensive, so that kind of mm. is a downside. And I think Tavar Kel, if you have an elf tribal deck, is so perfect. I love it. I love any card that lets you tap creatures of one color for a different color of yeah. mana. I mean, get your, like, yeah. Manowar elves down there, tap them and stuff. Like, ooh. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden you have Black Ramp, too. I love... Getting to see how card abilities get transferred into like story elements and vice versa. Because Tyvar's thing is like he's a transmuter, right? Yeah. And I'm specifically thinking there's a scene in the Battle of Kaldheim where he puts his hands on the armor of his fellow elves, right? So yeah. like if he makes an army of elves with his zero ability, right? Good point. And he like doubles their armor, right? He like makes them stronger hmm. and like can imitate the metal you know, and, like, cause it to grow, which I think is so cool. And it reminded me of, in Ixalan, the merfolk there, they also do a similar, like, plus one, plus one counter mechanic, but they do it by, like, they use, like, jade weapons, and so that the plus one, plus one counters sort of symbolize, like, jade 
being like put on somebody. And so here, whenever you get to put a plus one plus one counter on a target creature, on a target elf and untap it, and it gains death touch, it's the same idea of like Tyvar's giving his allies you know, better equipment. Planeswalker abilities in the canon, in the story. Oh. So I also loved, I'm imagining the more we get to see what Tyvar Kel can do, some abilities similar to that of Vraska, who is another black and green flavored oh, yes. Planeswalker. Because when he's turning the trolls into stone, right, in this fight, when he is introduced to Kaya. Yes. It's very similar to like the way that Vraska can petrify people because she is a Medusa. Oh, true. Yes. We already have a lot of cards like that that are already green and black. So mm-hmm. I'd be excited to see some of those, some turn to stones come back around, but this time to be Tyvar flavored. Yeah. I mean, green and black's going to go on a rise, definitely, especially. And I know I always have been saying this to you, Aaron. Finn the Fangbearer. We got a new poison outlet in green and black, so mm-hmm. not only for that beautiful elf tribal with Tyvar Kell, but it's yeah. going to get pumped. <laughs> for the folks at home, before we recorded this episode, I was literally making a green and black elf tribal deck. Is Finn the Fangbearer in it? I don't have a Finn yet, so Okay, he isn't yet. uncommon, so you know, you might. Here's my thing, though. Elf tribal is really like just elves you know but that poison so get finn out of here but that poison though (laughs) absolutely not just get one of those enchantments that make him all creatures i'm loyal to a fault okay all right all right fair i i back down i'll put some shapeshifters in though because they can turn into elves okay all right then all right finn's not for everyone think about it though too because you have cards like um not garrick's uprising but um return of the wild speaker right stuff like that where it's like for all the non-human creatures you control. We have a lot of those. Oh, that's a good point. I think a lot of them come from Ikoria, too. So, like, you should be happy for me. You also got that black pseudo board wipe where you name the creature and then every mm-hmm. other creature dies if it's a minus 3-3 three, three counter. It's, it's a yeah. five drop, but basically, yeah, if you have solely elf tribal, you save all your creatures. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, because you just say elves will live. And then everyone's like, no! <laughs> you know, I don't want to talk too much mechanics. I just want to say this quickly. The white card, the uh, the uh, world cloaked giant from Throne of Eldraine, um, who is a board wipe. familiar. With call time out now, I'm not putting that white card in my decks anymore because I'm afraid that there will be a lot more giants coming out in the field. Oh, for sure. There's definitely a lot more giants hanging out. So I'm holding it back. <laughs> it's not a bad idea. Although it's like, it's one of those that you could probably sideboard, right? And like, if you're playing a deck that doesn't have any giants, then you can bring in your rum cloaked giant to... To keep, just, you still get your regular board wipe, you know? Yes. Because I'm not going to have any giants in my Tyvar deck. That's so. a good point. Well, I will, I will, <laughs> I will cloak the realm <laughs> with you then. Thank you. Thank you for that. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, the other thing, right, right when we were talking off mic before this, and I was like, we should definitely start recording before I give away too many good <laughs> things. I was listening to somebody else talk about the two new planeswalkers, uh, Nico and Tyvar. We'll get to Nico. Don't worry. Tyvar Kell is seemingly one of the most well-adjusted planeswalkers we've ever met. I mean, I'm sure he has a whole backstory, right? But, like, he's not very selfish. He he definitely embodies the whole, like, glory and honor in battle thing. Oh, definitely. That, like, all of Kaldheim is known for. Yeah. But it's not selfish glory. He wants tales of his deeds to be sung, but it's also, like, if you're on his team, then, like, he wants you to succeed just as much. Super proud and supportive of, like, his brother who reunited the Shadow and the Forest Elves, which is why they're black and green. Hey, there it is. That's why. Turns out they're not evil. They're fine. Yes. Um, They're just Shadow Elves. What you were saying about black being uh, evil, I always found it interesting because, uh, 
I know it's a little off, but uh, the god of the worthy, the angel god, uh, Riadane, very zealous. Mm-hmm. Like, so absorbed with justice that her judgment may not always be, it's her definition of fairness. Right. And such, so it's like not like a totally good white card. Once I finished the main story, I looked at the side stories, and I read the Planeswalker's Guide to Kaldheim, which yeah. is two other shorter articles where they describe, like, all the realms and, you know, the individual clans in, in Bredegard. There, there it we is, go. yeah. Ooh. Every time I'm reading, I'm, like, looking, like, I'm, like, a numerology nut, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm, like, all right, so they mentioned that there are five human tribes on Bredegard, and immediately in my brain, I'm, like, there's also five colors. So I'm, like, which <gasps> tribe is which? <laughs> there it is. And they do tell you, like, they are there. Um, like, you know, the Omen Seekers are the blue people, the Beskir are white, the Skell are black, the Tuscari are red, and the Kana tribe is green, right? So you have all of those working together. And then also, this comes up more in, in Nico's story, but they encounter um, the Valkyrie and go to Starnheim, mm, yes. which is the black and white plane. So they say that when the Valkyrie come to judge heroes and decide whether or not they're going to go to Starnheim or Istfel, which are like the two afterlives. Yes. Right? So there's like, there's what's called a reaper and a shepherd. And so like one is like a white angel, right? And the other is a black angel. And so like the shepherd um, is trying to like usher and shepherd good heroes who died valiantly, whatever, and who died with honor up to Starnheim. And then they actually say that the reaper sometimes, people who die out of cowardice, like, even before they get the chance, like, if they're acting too much out of cowardice, the Reaper will literally kill that person, like, themselves, and be like, I'm done watching this. This is not a good story. We we out. The important thing is that the decision has to be made unanimously between the two Valkyrie. Mm. So it's a really cool, like, balancing good and evil and having having them both be present in, like, the Valhalla of this plane. And that plays into, like, bringing in the, the Orzhov angel, if you will, back into mm-hmm. play, especially with the land that is, like, tapping for white and black men and creating 4-4 angels. That that unity mm-hmm. is very cool. And it's similar. The god of voyages in Theros, who is also, like, a death god, was black and white. So I think that's it's really it's a really nice theme that they keep bringing up. I'm a big fan. Yeah. You're talking about all this black. Are you telling me the black magic is from Skell? <laughs> it's just such a like black a little name. Bit. Yeah, yeah, Skell. It's it's basically Skell. Skull, and that's evil. Yes. Ooh. <laughs> mhm. And they learned their ways from Varagoth, the demon imprisoned in Immersturm. Yes, Immersturm. Which in German literally means like the eternal storm. Storm being storm hey. surprise. It was a little strange to me how much of this was, like, German. Like, I know that German as a language comes from, like, the north, right? It has, like, some Scandinavian roots. But it felt like some of these people just really went for German names instead of, like, Norse you names. know, a more Norse yeah. thing. <laughs> well, Call Time's made okay. up. There we go. <laughs> That's true. Call Time's a fantasy world. So where were we with Nico? I feel as though Nico was coming up. Yes. So, in the side story, Nico has just sparked out of Theros. They are another Theros planeswalker with like the likes of Gideon. Yes. Right? Nico was a champion javelin thrower. Oh. They never miss, except oh. for one time. So the thing that happened is um, Nico's parents like took them to an oracle, and the oracle said that Nico was fated to be a champion, was like destined for greatness, and that was just that, right? Huh. To like win every competition they ever entered. Also, shout out to our very first non-binary planeswalker. Woo-woo. Love you, Nico. Kisses. <laughs> so Nico trains every day to try and fulfill their destiny, right? Yeah. Until they get to, like, the pinnacle, 
And then they start to question, you know, they've only ever done what has been their destiny. So what the hell do you do, you know, once that's over? Or like, does it even matter? That's a good point. Yeah. So they start to question, like, have I always won because I was destined to? Or like, have I fulfilled my destiny because I did so much training? So it's like one of those. So Nico throws the last game. And this is right whenever um, the god of destiny gets freed from like the underworld. I think her name is Koseeth. And Koseeth sends an assassin after Nico, an agent of the god who remains nameless, right? There are some fan theories that think it's Calix, the same guy who came after Elspeth whenever she sort oh. of like defied the fates. Interesting. Nico um, engaged with the agent and like overpowered them right and then their planeswalker spark ignited and they got poof shipped on over to call time where they ran into a bunch of you know call time people um ran with the the kanai tribe for a while meets finn the fang bear who's called finn the snake something finn the fang bear has a different name for some reason i don't know either way and a couple other cool people and ends up going to starnheim to try and warn them that the Cosmos Serpent is coming. Ah, uh, yes. Scary. Yes. Very and scary. And, like, leads leads the Valkyrie in some sort of, like, manages to protect the plane and sort of shepherd um, and fool the Cosmos Serpent into leaving Starnheim and not devouring all of the people there. Take yeah. that, Coma, you son of a gun. <laughs> I was... It's astounding how much they talk about Coma. Like, everywhere I go, they're like, Coma, the Cosmos Serpent. Like, all the time. Based on the power of that card, they have to. Like, it's... <laughs> It's so powerful. They say that Koma used to be one of, like, the ancient gods. Like, the Skemfar elves used to worship Koma. Hey, if you could do something on every other player's upkeep, I would believe that. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> but yeah, so that's sort of what Nico's about. And then I think we end off with Nico sort of joining up with Kaya as they both decide to shirk their destiny. Oh, and also Tyvar. Tyvar yes. comes too. Tyvar's got to be there. Because this Tyvar has to be there. And honestly, what a dream team. I think it's a cool combination. I'm very excited. So, and originally we thought that um, Nico was just going to be blue, but I think the the Nico Planeswalker is blue and white. Yes. So I'm excited for all of these interesting color combinations, especially if later Tyvars end up being black and green, because then we'll have black and white Kaya, blue and white Nico, and black and green Tyvar. That will be interesting. Instead of our old Gatewatch, which was just everybody was monocolor. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah. And I mean, I know Tybalt doesn't work with them, but you have your black and red Tybalt. That's add, true. Add a little color on him. Thanks, Tybalt. Yeah, you're no longer mono red, Tybalt. You did it. You did anything you... to succeed. You won. I mean, it was only a matter of time, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> I always knew Tybalt was black and red. But now he's fulfilled his destiny. <laughs> the fates. Exactly. So yeah, I think that's mostly Kaldheim in a nutshell. It's hard because the world is so big, right? I wish we could have done... I know that like magic doesn't do old school sets anymore hmm. where it's like a whole block, right? Yeah. The last block we had like that was Ravnica. That's like true. the Ravnica allegiance and then the war of the spark, but it would be really great to get to adventure through all of the 10 realms right hopefully I feel like there's enough material there to see what everything is about. They got to return to call time at some point. Like it's too oh, big to. of a world they built. Like, it's so mm-hmm. giant. Because when you think about it, it's like it has the same scheme as Ravnica, right? With yeah. like the 10 guilds of Ravnica, right? Each one has a color combo. Except for instead of just a guild, it's a whole realm. I'm a little sad we didn't make it to Litjara at all. No. Which I think is my favorite of the realms. 
Oh, really? Because it's blue and green. Oh, never um, mind. Yeah. <laughs> I just realized it's but, Simic. But when so. I was reading up about it, it's like it's a very abstract world where like trees grow upside down and like bend at odd angles. It's a realm that um, that has been like tampered with. They have a couple myths mm. about it that say that like when the old gods were like creating the world they like meddled too much in Litjara and left they have a lake of like crystalline water that's the shape of a handprint which is actually yeah. like the the blue green land card for Litjara and they say that like that's an effect of the gods interfering and so it's just like a really wonky world and they say that the, and like the people there turned into shapeshifters because of living in that like sort of ever changing space for so long it's very cool especially when you think about the blue green combination being like nature that has been tampered with yes right so you'd like that sort of like combination yeah however no one's surprised that simic is good that combination in every no of course not (laughs) it's just you know i mean not just tactically but also like from a storytelling perspective yeah uh, that's true too i was just thinking totally tactical (laughs) that's fair you and the nuts and bolts of the game. Got the mechanic brain going right now. Mm-hmm. That's good. This is why you beat me all the time. <laughs> no, not all the time. I've been I've been slaughtered by Ral and Niv together. <laughs> well, that's true. Got some good uh, pinging damage. But let me ask you, Aaron. You might have already revealed mm-hmm. it to us, but with the lore, favorite god, favorite character in the lore, oh. maybe a couple characters you really like. I mean, Tyvar, number one. I had a feeling. Like, <laughs> Ralzarek, look out. You Ooh. better show up again sometime soon. Otherwise, <laughs> otherwise, Ralph who and knows Tyvar what's going to happen. <laughs> right. You know what? Oh, okay. I'm going to put a prediction out there. Okay. I think Ral could show up in Strixhaven. Oh, I really want him to. I think that it would, would make so a lot cool. of sense, too. Ral could show up this year. I also am calling um, a, re- a reappearance of Tamio, especially either in Strixhaven because she like collects stories and... She basically took her Planeswalker Spark and was like, cool, I'm going to research everything. That would make a right? lot like, of sense. Like, she briefly then. appeared in more of the Spark because she's like, a huge calamity is about to happen. Like, let me research it. Yeah. So I think she'd show up there or in Innistrad because she was in Innistrad the first time. That's actually where the first Tamio card comes from. Is that true? That's not true. No, the second Tamio Planeswalker, Tamio Field Researcher, which is a card that I own. Ooh, you got the physical? I have the physical copy of this card. I bought it at a card store in Vermont. Ooh, shout out to Mm -hmm. Vermont card stores then. Way to go, Vermont. Yeah. If I could ask, do you think Tyvar could show up in Instrad too, and that's where the Blacks added? I think this whole next year, we're starting to establish like a new squad, right? Yeah. And so I think Tyvar's along for the ride, as long as Kai is there. I'm really excited. I think especially because we know so little. Like, we just have a surface understanding of who he is. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot more out there. And if, you know, in a couple months when we're talking about another set and he's still not there, I'm going to be really depressed. We're going to have to talk words, about but, that. <laughs> but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be okay. Everything. But I would, love, I would love for Ral to join in on some antics. I think Ravnica just introduced so many characters and the world, as you said, like all the districts of Ravnica, Ravnica was so exciting that there's so mm-hmm. many planeswalkers you think about in Ravnica where you're like, I want them back. Mm-hmm. There's so many cool ones. Do you think, because uh, like the Vraska thing you were talking about, and she's a pirate in some of her That's cards. That's true. She's definitely, she has been a pirate before. I actually don't know what happened to her after War of the Spark. I don't know where she went, if she stayed with the Golgari. Hmm. Because, you know, Vraska, Golgari Queen, is, oh. like, the last card we have of her. 
That's a good point. We're going to have to we'll do a Vraska dive at some point. We'll take a I'm look gonna at it. I'm going to have to reread yeah, the whole like War of the Spark thing. The other thing too about I love the magic story. Period. <laughs> also, like they come out as very small books. You know, like this is only 5 chapters of something. Oh yeah. And then if you want more, you have 5 chapters of a side story and two of the like what's just the plane about. But War of the Spark was so huge. Like clearly we're still talking about it now. Um and we still just got the same size material, you know? We just got, like, a little book about it. Oh, yeah. For all of those people, for all of those, you know, plot lines and the different guilds. A lot we of planeswalkers. One. Yeah, a lot of planeswalkers. Oh, I guess we'll see if they'll come back, any of them, except for Domri. I do hope they will, you know. But also, like, Ral's Eric's busy with his boyfriend. You know, he can't he can't leave him for too long. I was going to say, aren't you in a relationship with Ral? <laughs> I if only no, but he has a real canon boyfriend. I didn't know that. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, Atomic Vrona. Um, he's an Orja. Wait, really? Law mage. I didn't yeah, know yeah, they yeah. were together. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm gonna have to get up on Ral's Instagram then. Gotta... Yeah, they share quote on the mtg.fandom.com. The two of them have a committed romantic relationship and share an apartment together. Oh, that's, that's why. Um, in the one Ralzeric, I think it's is it Viceroy? He's like holding a white piece of fabric. And then on the Tomic <laughs> card in that same set, Tomic has like a red armband tied around his yeah. arm because they like traded tokens. Aww. So stay with your boyfriend. It's fine. Go, Ral. I have a new man's. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Kell has not been taken yet. <laughs> Mm-mm. Not yet. Just you get in there, Aaron. I was One of my friends was joking around, um, one of my other DMs. He's like, all NPCs are basically by until proven otherwise. And I feel the same way about anybody. I just like to, everyone can keep their options open and then respect people when they tell you what they like and what they don't like. Aaron will make, uh, Aaron's going to have a magic card and that magic card will fall in love with the Tyvar Kell magic card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We all envision ourselves as magic cards, I think. Like, I have definitely designed, like, what the Aaron Planeswalker looks like. My I'm... name is not Aaron, obviously, but... What? <laughs> You've tricked me! Tybalt, is that you? You have, like, a cool you? fantasy name instead. Oh, that's true. I, I just thought... Tibble took over on the podcast. Oh, no. No, no. Sorry. What did you say the coloring for the Aaron card is? Because now I'm curious. Right. So I have a couple I have a couple fan theories. Um, <laughs> I, like, I would love to have a flip, like a flip Planeswalker card. Yeah. Like the old school flips where you could actually flip the card like while it's on the field, not just play it one or the other. So, mm. which is an, an Innistrad thing, right? Because I had werewolves that did that. Anywho. So the OG, the one side is blue and green like bard of the tides right and it's like a really cool like lots of magic cool things i'm a bard classic classic bard and then the other side is like mono red and all about like destruction oh yeah so there's like a big personality shift and that's like blah 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 phoenix ascendant or whatever which i think is actually a chandra card now i think they stole that from me but it's fine it's you'll get it back because you're a planeswalker in the world now so right no it's it's homura phoenix ascendant my oh. bad it's a commander card okay i was gonna say i have a i have a modal double face that i would probably do for myself it would be Please. it would be like fantasy name here mm-hmm. and like something like the blah 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 knight or something like that oh of course and you're white and red but the flip side is a black equipment or something like that because if i have the temptation to want to win the game of magic oh, i will put you're gonna aside... use your black equipment yeah, yeah so maybe it's like a black like necklace or something with like a mind controlling aspect or it's like greed it's something greedy on the other side that would tempt mm-hmm. my character to want to. i like that 
Yeah. That's cool. Or a sword. Let's do like a Hexblade sword is the flip side. Oh, Hexblade hex curse. Hexblade curse. So yes, it is Josh. It's that. The knight of something with a Hexblade on the other side, mm-hmm. mono black equipment. Exactly. Hey, someone out there doing fan art. Please. I want to see me as a magic card. Please do that for us. <laughs> Please. We're asking. Hopefully it'll I'm happen. I'm desperate. I'm so desperate. Yeah. Well, I'm feeling pretty good that we talked about a lot of stuff. Yeah, I feel like this has been a a pretty good lore dive on Kaldheim. Yeah. The only thing I just want to say is that in ch- episode three, I love Tybalt's monologue at the beginning. It's just so cynical. It's charming. Ah, I love it. <laughs> That's all. That's Thank all. You. That's all I needed to say. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you didn't ask me, but I'm going to tell you. Um, in light of a, like a full lightning round, yeah. as I was reading the Into the Demon's Realm and the Saga of Tybalt, Tybalt, it, to me, I so far I don't think I've cast any any Planeswalker as a bard, right? Nobody has been a bard. Oh, no, I haven't heard. But this is definitely the College of Whispers bard. Oh, it's like, yes. The more they talk to you, they can like make you afraid or implant mm. ideas in your mind. Like... That is Tybalt, like to a T. Yeah, well, I do like that. Mm-hmm. That's all. So I'll leave you on that note. Very good. Well, I'm glad we had a great call time podcast. <laughs> Me too. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Tuesday. But in the meantime, be sure to follow our Twitter at D&D Gatherers and tweet about the show using hashtag Dungeons and Gatherers. Tybalt might say it is the last saga of call time, but it is not the last Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. So make sure to like and subscribe to the Dungeons and Gatherers podcast. (laughs)